Fantasy Sports Radio Network. News update. In Major League Baseball, Tampa Bay Rays starter Blake Snell underwent arthroscopic surgery Monday to remove loose bodies from his left elbow. The surgery went according to plan per a press release from the Rays, and Snell is expected to return to action sometime in early to mid-September. ESPN's Buster Olney is reporting that the Indians, quote, continue to evaluate possible trade scenarios involving Trevor Bauer. This is obviously coming after Bauer launched a baseball into the center field stands in Kansas City when he was pulled by manager Terry Francona. He did apologize after the contest. MLB.com's John Morosi reports that the Nationals have shown interest in Rangers reliever Jose Leclerc. And following up on the trade yesterday, the Mets did in fact acquire right-handed pitcher Marcus Stroman for two minor leaguers. The Mets also got cash considerations in return. I'm Ben Straffer, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Ronas, we're going to talk a little football in a second, but your friend Marcus Stroman coming back to the New York metropolitan area. Yes, uh, for those that don't know, I covered Marcus Stroman when he was in high school. He grew up in Long Island, played for Patrick Medford. And it was funny because someone tweeted my story when I covered Steven Matz and Marcus Stroman. They faced each other in high school. The, there were about 40, 45 major league scouts at that game to see both of them. And it was a great game. It was one nothing. And someone tweeted the article at Adam Rubin, who used to cover the Mets for uh, SNY and the Daily News. So he's like, oh, that's a good pull. And then someone's like, hey, remember this, Adam? And they tweeted at me. I'm like, yeah, I remember it vividly. So, you know, Strowman coming to the Mets, a little bit of a surprise. I don't think anyone expected a trade like that to be made. And we're still kind of not sure what the Mets are doing here, whether this is them thinking they have a shot at the wild card, which I don't. I think they did this because they have control of him for next year. They know they're going to lose Zach Wheeler. He'll probably be dealt. And they figure, okay, we're going to get some prospects back for Wheeler. And they really didn't give up a ton. I know with prospects, it's always hit or miss. The Kid K, Anthony K, also from Long Island. He played on the same team as Steven Matz. I don't know if they were teammates. No, they weren't. I think they're several years apart. Yeah. Um, but he's 24. He just got to AAA. He was dominating AA, struggled at AAA. And they gave up an 18-year-old. So uh, I do think Stroman handles New York well. He's got that attitude and that swagger. Now, the problem is he's a ground ball pitcher, and the Mets have one of the worst infield defenses. Uh, his strikeout rate's not that high. Maybe the National League that changes a little bit. but uh, So, to me, it remains to be seen what they do going forward. But my guess is they feel like they're going to lose Wheeler, so they'll at least have Stroman for next year. I read an article from Jim Bowden this morning who basically said he liked the deal if the Mets were committing to keeping everything together. But if they're breaking it apart and they're just using Stroman to, you know, as another guy that he didn't like as much. But, you know, part of it was I don't think Van Wagenen likes the Mets farm system that much. And I think he thought these guys were not, not as good as other people did. And you look, Stroman's a really good pitcher. For better or worse, he's a solid major league pitcher. I mean, he's having a very good year this year. And if, if this guy's 24 and he's first hitting AAA, maybe there's not a lot of upside there. So what did you really give up? And you got a lot back, and it seemed like the Blue Jays jumped on the Mets trade because this was the best offer they had by a lot. 
Yeah, which was, uh, I guess, a little bit surprising. Also, now the Mets do have, you know, a few pitchers. Starting pitchers are so difficult to come by, and there's several teams that could use them. So now probably going to deal Wheeler, maybe Syndergaard. We'll see. I mean, if you're going to think you're in contention next year, I think you keep him unless they feel like something's not right with him. Uh, but we'll see. It's going to be an interesting uh, couple of days here because so many teams, especially in National League, feel they're in contention. You know, the Giants all of a sudden have gotten hot. I think they should still <clears throat> trade away because they've went on this ridiculous run and they're still out of the wild card. So uh, it's, it should be a few uh, fun days here uh, with the MLB trade deadline. What I find strange is maybe in the old days, teams used to give up more for players. Strowman could have helped somebody, Adam. He somebody could have should have if the if the Blue Jays are looking to move him, some team could really use Strowman. And if that was the best offer that the Mets gave up, it didn't seem like it was so dynamic to me. It's not a bad offer, I'm not saying, but I gotta think you want Strowman. You gotta do something better. But people are not willing to move as much as they used to in the old days. Yeah. Plus, I mean, he's a solid pitcher, but I don't know if he's enough of a difference maker to put a contender like over the top. So is he a I three? Think, is he a three on any good rotation? Yeah, I think he can be a three. I mean, let's not forget he did have a five point five four ERA last year. But you know, this is the he had a three oh nine in two thousand seventeen and uh two nine six in today's era. Uh, you know, the six and eleven record is so misleading. The thing about him, he does not allow a lot of home runs. You know, ten home runs he's allowed this year. He's pretty good in this environment. Zero point seven two his career, zero point eight oh home runs. So we know he's an extreme ground ball pitcher which is why I think you do want a good infield defense behind him. You know, he just doesn't have the high strikeout rate. But again, he offsets it by not allowing the long ball, which very few pitchers. I mean, Justin Verlander's given up a ton of home runs. He's a dominant pitcher, one of the best in baseball, and he's allowing a ton of home runs. Stroman just keeps the ball on the ground, and that's really helped him. I just feel like, as a Met fan, you just still don't know what this team is doing. You just don't, you don't have a pulse. Are you in? Are you out? Are you trading? Who are you trading? There's a lot of reports. I don't know. There's just too much going on there. And I, and I feel like the best teams always have a clear vision. Now, maybe there's a clear vision. Maybe they're visionary. I just don't feel that way, Adam. Yeah, I think the biggest problem is the Wilpons and the ownership. And the, uh, the, the, whoever's running the team is kind of handcuffed. You know, and I've, I've said this repeatedly. The only way the Mets are going to win, they're going to have to find a very savvy GM that can go out there and find the Luke Voigt's, the Max Muncy's. The Geo Ursulas, the guys who are cheap that everyone's given up on, that all of a sudden you unlock a skill set. And based on the Mets and how everything works with them, it's probably not going to happen. And I saw a quote, I forgot where it was, but it was a rival GM anonymously saying with the Mets, no one has any idea what Van Wagenen is doing. It's like a kindergarten with finger paint. You just don't know what's happening. I was like, oh boy, that is ugly. That's my point, right? It's And that's... I, I guess but I think maybe it stems right. from ownership, man. No, I right. Mean, I think you're right. It probably stems from ownership. I, I don't disagree with that. But I still feel like he's hamstrung by them. But there is no clear vision. Give me a clear vision. Give me a state of the Mets speech, and I'll buy into it. But this whole thing of Diaz and Cano and Strowman, I don't know where they're going. Well, I mean, you hear a lot of rumors at this time. I, I think the biggest problem is is – they think they can contend, and that was the plan this year, and they're disappointed. So I think they're hoping that that can be next year. But the biggest problem with this team, well, there's a lot of problems. I mean, I was at a game the other night, and people were criticizing uh, Dominic Smith because he made a couple Harvard plays and left. The guy's not an outfielder, man. You got everyone out of position. Jeff McNeil was a second baseman. 
You trade Cano, now he can't play second. You're moving him all over the place. He was in left field earlier. Now he's in right. Smith's not an outfielder. You got Alonso at first base, so where are you going to play Dom Smith? And he's actually been hitting. Now he's hurt. Just they have everyone out of position. That's the biggest problem is that everyone's out of position. So they need to, you know, if you're going to be strong and build your team on pitching, you got to have a good defense behind it. This defense has been atrocious, and the numbers don't tell the story. You know, you see, oh, well, the errors. There's a lot of plays that are not errors that, and that are not made that have just crushed these guys this year, uh, the pitchers. There are so many times I've watched, and I'm like, that's not an error, but it was a play that should be made or, or the, the guy didn't have the range to get to. So the defense has been a major problem. Yeah, no, the defense has been a major problem. All right, we're going to take a little break. I jumped into an online championship on Friday night. Uh, we'll let Ronas go through my team and see what he hated. Maybe it was a lot, maybe it was a little. We'll find out right after this. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. All right, we're back. We're fulltimefantasy.com. Enter the promo code ROTO50 or RONUS50, and we'll get you 50% off your first two months, and we'll try to get you to a fantasy football championship because that's what we do. That's how we roll in RONUS. My preseason pro picks are in, my friend. I'm happy. Yes, they will uh, be out today. I know uh, Sean Childs also will be out, I believe, I was told. Yes, I think they are coming out, so uh, it should be good. So RONUS, it is... It was Friday night. It was like 11.02. Mrs. Rhoda went to bed early. I go downstairs, and I see there was two spots left in the online championship, so I jumped in. Jumped in, and I got pick 11. I was not happy about that pick 11. I don't like yeah, the, it's the kinda, draft this year. Yeah, it's kind of tricky. I think, uh, where do, why do I feel like I have pick 11 in a draft for? Uh, you had 12. You had 12 in the, uh, the FF Champs League, didn't you? Yeah, I did. That's right. Yeah, so I kind of picked all over the board. I had 12. Um, I've had uh, – I'm in a draft now. I have six. I'm in a draft on Friday, Super Flex League. I have seven. So kind of been picking all over this year. Obviously, the top four is fun. Fishbowl ahead, pick two. So, you know, it's always good to try I would kill for areas. pick one, or one, one, two, or three. I'd be very happy with those. Yeah, I think the top four is – I mean, obviously, you're getting one of those backs. And I'm sure – one or two will disappoint. It just happens every year. Like, it never pans out. Like, we're all looking at the positive cases of all those guys. But, you know, whether it's injury or disappointment, it's it's not going to finish that way. All right, so round one here. Barkley goes one, McCaffrey two, Kamara three, Elliott four. Are you okay with that? Because I'm not thrilled with that. I want Zeke. I think it's the holdout. So people are, are worried. So... When you look at those top four, I really do think it's very close, and you can make arguments for all of them at one. So I think that's the way people look at it. They see that they're really close, and the team at three probably said, you know what, Zeke, maybe this extends. Maybe he holds out. Maybe he's not there week one. 
reports indicate that that's not going to happen. In fact, from what I saw today, the, uh, the negotiations have been going positive. Both sides want to work it out. So it sounds like the Cowboys don't want to mess around because I think the Cowboys feel like this is a team that can win the Super Bowl. They have a lot of depth, and I think they don't want to let this linger and ruin things. But I think when people are drafting right now, they're saying, oh, you know what, it's so close. I'm going to take the cautious approach and go with the guy that's not holding out. That's my guess as to what that team thought. I haven't moved Zeke down my board yet. Yeah, I'm not moving Zeke down my board. And, and in fact, I'm just going to say this. I, lo I love Alvin Kamara, but I have some fear about Latavius Murray. This is not a bum. I mean, so I, 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 my problem with Alvin Kamara is it's week 16. What if he goes 17 for 64 and no touchdown because Murray goes 15 for 48 and two touchdowns? That could happen. Uh, I mean, you could say that about Barkley, too, right? I mean, the offense is, is the shape. Yeah, of but he's not going to lose it to Paul Perkins. That's not that. It's that he could get shut down. Well, I, I, don't I think I, I take McCaffrey one, by the way. Uh, me, too. Um, I think. The issue with Kamara, for me, is he's just not going to get 300 carries. You know, and I know you could say the well, same about McCaffrey, but we saw that they will give him a full workload and he catches a ton of passes. So does Kamara, but they're not going to overwork him. I'm not really worried. Like, I think Murray, I like where Murray is going, and I don't think he hurts Kamara. The thing with him, too, though, Kamara has been very touchdown reliant. Now it's worked. I mean, they don't have a lot of other places to go in that but offense. But Murray scores touchdowns, too. He's very good at the goal line. Yeah, but in Ingram also, you know, was there, and it didn't really hurt Kamara. Do don't you feel like you watch the Saints, and then all of a sudden it's like they're on the six-yard line, and you see Taysom Hill coming in, right? And then Murray comes in. I don't know. They just, they just do a lot of – I like the Saints as a whole, but the sum of the parts scares me sometimes. Well, the thing that helps him is that – Again, there's really nothing else there. It's him and Michael Thomas to me, and that's basically it. Yeah, Jared Cook's in the mix. We'll see. I mean, again, Kamara has been one of the top backs. He had 194 carries last year. So, you know, he had 14 rushing touchdowns and four receiving. I mean, two years in a row, 81 receptions. He's had two years in a row of at least 100 targets. So, you know, we all saw as a rookie, we saw well, 6.1 yards per carry. That's not going to continue, and it didn't, but he had 4.6. So, uh, I, I think it's fine. I just think, you know, Zeke can get 300 carries. Barkley can get 300 carries. And McCaffrey maybe 250. Come on. 300 touches, uh, right. Well, uh, yeah, he, no, McCaffrey will get more than 300 350 touches. 350 touches, yeah. 350 right. I mean, he, touches. Yeah. I think McCaffrey can get potentially 250 carries. I don't think Kamara will. I mean, they did it last year for the first four games that Ingram was out, and then he backed off. I think they don't want to overwork him. I think they know him. And they know that he won't be effective if they give him 260 carries. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. All right. Team five takes Hopkins. Team six takes David Johnson. Seven is Devontae Adams. Eight is Julio Jones. Nine is Beckham. And then team 10 shocked me here, Adam. He took Juju Smith-Schuster. We've been seeing Juju go as late as like late second round. I like Juju, but man, I, I guess it makes sense if you look at it because he was the Fifth receiver off the board, but I just didn't see him going in round one. Yeah, and this is what we have said numerous times. Once you get to the middle of the first round, it just is all over the place. There's no consensus. Don't try and plan your drafts out this year if you're picking late. You've got to be prepared for a numerous amount of scenarios thrown your way because Juju's ADP in the FFWC is 15. And, in fact, in your draft was the earliest he's gone at 10. I mean, he's gone yeah. as late as 22. So it's kind of all over the map. And, you know, if you're picking there – and you really feel that Juju Smith-Schuster is going to have an elite season, 
you kind of have to take him there because you run the risk of him not making it back. He was not making it back. I was taking Juju. I don't know if I was taking him at 11, but I was going to take Juju in the second round. He wasn't making it back. So there I was at pick 11. And I got to tell you, Adam, I wasn't thrilled with my choices there. Not loving Michael Thomas. Mixing, now that uh, AJ Green is out, scares me even more. Uh, for better or worse, I took Le'Veon Bell thinking that he's going to get the touches. He is, uh, but I don't know. I'm kind of like mixed on Bell at this point. I mean, he looks like he's in great shape. And the offensive line definitely has some question marks. No Chris Herndon. Jamison Crowder hurt his foot today in practice. He's going oh. for an MRI. Uh, not that that changes everything, but, you know, you start to lose a little bit. Who would you uh, have yeah. taken at that spot? Who would you have taken at where I was picking there at 11? Would you have taken um, I might have. It would have probably either been Bell or Connor. I'm warming up to Connor there in a the late first, early second. Interesting. All right, Team 12 takes Thomas and Joe Mixon. And then you know I have to get my guy, dude. You know my guy's Tyree Kill. There's no way I'm letting him go in round two to anybody else. Yeah, that's fine. Again, he we we know what he can do. I mean, in one of the best offenses, he's got tremendous upside, especially if you're playing in like an overall championship because we know he's capable of giving you uh, championship winning weeks in the playoffs. He's just so difficult to stop. So. Yeah, I have no problem with Tyreek Hill. I mean, I think you're going to see him go early second round. He might even break into the late first round come Vegas, right? Possibly it wouldn't have shocked me if he went where Michael Thomas went. If somebody said Thomas Hill or Hill Mixon, I, I would have thought that was a good move. I was very happy to see Hill make it back to me. Yeah, I think the only the only thing with Hill when you compare him to these other receivers is he's just not going to get the targets. And volume is extremely important in fantasy. But as we've seen with Tyreek Hill just last year, it really doesn't matter because he's in a prolific offense with an excellent quarterback, and he can do a lot with a little. You know, he has 137 targets last year. A lot of the other receivers in that range are going to get, you know, 160, 170. You could even make a case Antonio Brown will probably get about 30 more targets than him, but they're going to be a lot more efficient targets for Hill coming from Mahomes as opposed to Derek Carr. So Yeah, he could go four for 113 and two touchdowns. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So that's what you're doing with Hill. So uh, it's a rare case where, yeah, he's not going to get the volume that some of the receivers in that tier get, but you know that you're going to have huge games. So that's why uh, I don't mind taking him there at all. After that one, Cook, James Conner, Mike Evans, Todd Gurley, Travis Kelsey, Antonio Brown, Nick Chubb, Melvin Gordon is like the third to last pick, T.Y. Hilton and Cooper. Would you have taken Melvin Gordon there, or is that you just can't pass up on him? Uh, I probably would not take him. I understand why people take him. Uh, no question about it. I mean, if he's there week one, it's going to wind up being bargain. But I'm a little worried. I right do. I, they're, not, they're not saying the right things, and it's making me a little nervous there. And Justin Jackson and Neckler are a little too good. So uh, I'm worried. All right, we're going to break down this online championship draft when full-time fantasy returns right after this.
from the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, guys, get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of the show can get a risk-free bet up to $500. And here's how it works. Go on and create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, make a deposit, place your first bet, and DraftKings will match you up to $500. Just go to sportsgrid.com backslash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com backslash DK. You can better act quickly because this offer won't be around forever. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 100GAMBLER, G-A-M-B-L-E-R, 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See the website for details. All right, we're breaking down an online championship draft. Round three comes, Ronis, and there were some surprising picks here. Damian Williams, George Kittle, David Montgomery goes as the third pick in the third round. Damn! All I think about was, yeah, Jeez. baby, not Damn. my team. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I've taken him in some best balls, like around six, round Woo. three. Yeah. Damn. Thank you. Thank you. Did you I, I always say to myself, thank you for paying. I hope you paid. Like, and it doesn't, look, again, the roster construction, it doesn't make sense. Unless, what are they thinking? Well, Melvin Gordon could miss a few weeks. I want to cover him. You're going to do that in round three? Like, if that's the case, don't take Gordon. And... Again, it's also knowing this format. Now, maybe it works out for this team, and they love the receiver depth later on, but you've got to have strong receivers in our format where you start three and we have the two flex spots, and we've gone over the ADPs, we've gone over draft boards. You see receivers just go really early in this format, so you better have good receiver depth if you're going to go this route. So I just, can, you know, and I wouldn't even take him. If I'm going to running back, I wouldn't even have taken Montgomery. There was like I know. five, six, seven running backs I'd take over him. I know. Now, look, I'm going to say I, I've changed my thought process on this. I won in the first three rounds one great running back and one great receiver. After that, I could figure it out. But, like, you need to have one guy. This guy, his number one receiver is Tyler Lockett. Now, I like Tyler Lockett. I do. But he shouldn't be my number one. He should be my number two. Well, you are correct. Now, the thing is, if you are going to do those three running backs, they've all got to hit. That's yeah. the thing. And what is the likelihood that's going to happen? It's very slim. I mean, what slim. are the chances that all three of those guys finish top 15? It's very slim. I mean, he passes on the next good pick is Thielen, Keenan Allen. How do you pass on Keenan Allen? A.J. Green, we didn't know he was injured, but A.J. Green. on Johnson goes. I thought that was a slight bit early. Stefan Diggs, Ertz goes. It's pick 10, Ronis. Leonard Fournette goes. I couldn't have clicked fast enough to take this next pick at pick 11. I love my Aaron Jones this year. Yeah, and we're hearing he's running with the ones. I think the only question we have with Aaron Jones is, is Green Bay going to use him full time? Will he get the touches? We all know on a per play basis, he's been tremendous. It's a new coaching staff. So you have to hope that they see the talent Aaron Jones has and this isn't a case of McCarthy kind of holding him down. But I think Jones is a guy where we could see his ADP rise as good things come out of training camp. His ADP right now is 33, and that's the one good thing here I'll say. You know, we talk about picking late in the first round, how this year you can go wide receiver, wide receiver. And if you do that and you come back and you're able to get Aaron Jones, I'm fine with that. Yeah, or carry on Johnson or Fournette yeah. or any mm -hmm. of those guys. I would have been fine with any of them. So here's the, the next guy goes, and I sit there and I say to myself, unless he takes Derrick Henry and Marlon Mack, 
I'm getting one of those two guys because they're too good to pass up. Sure enough, he takes Galladay and Mack. I take Henry. I really like Chris Godwin. I really like Edelman. I, I do, but I can't pass up Derrick Henry, who I believe, Adam, could be a winning pick. If this guy's as good as we saw last year in the playoffs, you know there's two O's in Roto when you write me the check. Yeah, he is dealing with, a, uh, I think, a foot injury. He was foot, in a walking yeah. boot over the weekend. So, again, it doesn't appear to be serious at this time. And you also keep in mind, we're still 38 days away from the start of the season. So you really don't need him to do much in training camp. You just hope he's healthy at the beginning. You know, again, the one thing that to me that hurts Henry a little bit is this is PPR is not going to catch a lot of passes. But still, you're talking fourth round. I'll take him in that spot because he could lead the league in rushing. You know, we saw this team have success last year down the stretch when they fed Derrick Henry the football. And uh, I don't see why they would go away from that. Uh, and I thought he looked really good down the stretch. And again, even if he doesn't catch a lot of passes, I think he'll make up for it with touchdowns. I mean, consider, it's, it's hard to imagine. Do you know how many carries he had last year? Well, off the top of your head, how many carries do you think he had? 212. 215. It felt like wow. less. It yeah, felt it did like feel like because there were some games because he, he went wasn't eight, eight for twenty-two, right? Right, right. Went eight for twenty-two, seven for thirty-three. That's why I picked the low number like that. But this is a guy who who really should have two hundred and ninety-three carries. He's that good. He well, there was a quote a week or two ago. Yeah, we're gonna run Derrick Henry into the ground because he's a free yeah. agent at the end of the year too. Yeah. So, I mean, trust me when I tell you with his foot injury, I'm not upset about it because I don't need him playing an exhibition. I don't need to see any games in preseason. I'm good. For sure. So the, the one worry you have is in a PPR format, his floor is a little bit low on certain weeks, especially if the game script puts them playing from behind. You might see a little bit more Deion Lewis, but he could lead the league in rushing. Uh, so I do like the pick, and uh, I, I will definitely have some shares of Derrick Henry this year, uh, especially if I can get him in the early fourth round. Would you have taken Henry? Or would you have taken Godwin, Edelman, or Lockett? Um, since I already had Jones, I... That's a tough call. I probably would have went wide receiver, but but I, I don't dislike it at all because the way now you can really just hammer receivers the right. rest of the way. You know what I mean? Which I tried to do. All right, next round, I'm sitting there, and boy, it was round five. There was a string of guys, Mike Williams, Tyler Boyd, Jarvis Landry, Robbie Anderson were all on the board, and I just wanted Mike Williams so badly. You and knew it was he wasn't making it back, though. And like it was crazy. It's I one know, of those things where you're crossing your fingers. You're like, please, please, <laughs> please, never please. Happened. I know. But the guy who took him, Kurt Cooks took him, and he already had Julio, Mike Evans, and Diggs. I'm like, do you really need Mike Williams on top of that? But he took Williams, and then Boyd goes, and then Jarvis goes. So I get Robbie Anderson as my two. He's my least favorite of the four, but I still do like him. Adam. Well, what did you expect? What did you want Kurt to do? Because if you look at what was on the board, what was he supposed to do? Take a running back? No, I, you're not taking. Well, he could have taken Ingram. He didn't yeah. have a running back there. He, he could have taken Ingram. He might, he might not be a fan. There's, it seems like there are people who are not fans of Ingram, as you see from where he's falling to. Uh, I know, and but obviously people like Mike Williams. So um, I'm not surprised. Just looking at what was on the board at running back. No, it makes it makes sense. And look, so getting to pick six, I'm not passing on Mark Ingram. I don't know why people are down on Mark Ingram. I am all in on Mark Ingram in the fifth or sixth round. Adam, I'm confused. They brought him in. It's a run-first team. They're going to be open running lanes from Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson was not a passing threat at all, and it's not looking much better. I don't know how Mark Ingram is not a good number two running back on a team. Uh, I'm guessing this is what people are looking at. He's 29 years old, but 
he does not have huge workloads. You know, he has never really been that full-time back. Now he has several years of 200-plus carries. They're maybe saying, okay, he was a product of the Saints offense. But I think it is a good fit. And the, I guess the other issue maybe people are looking at is how many receptions is he going to have? You know, could they use just this? 35? 35? Two uh, a game? Can you give me two a game? I guess it's possible. It's possible. He has good hands? It's not no, like he he's hands he, are stone. He, he caught 58 passes two years ago. He has two years of 50 receptions. Yeah. I guess the thing is, you know, plus with Lamar Jackson, you know, how much is he going to check down on the running backs? That's that's the issue. But, look, I mean, we're, for where you're getting him, it's definitely worth the shot, even if he disappoints. I mean, fifth, sixth round, yeah. Uh, and the truth is, if you— running back off the board. Look at the board. Was there anybody else that was so much better than him? There's no receiver there that I'm loving. I guess, I mean, I like Christian Kirk. I like Will Fuller, but isn't that a little you, early? You got him way below the ADP. His ADP is 50. I think Ooh. you got uh, Ingram. I think, yeah, I know. I stole him. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, in the last few drafts, you've got, that's the latest he's gone is 62. Yeah. 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 So I couldn't, um, I couldn't. Was on the board. Yeah. There's not too much here. Yeah. There's nothing really there. I mean, nothing there. OJ Howard, I thought, I thought about, I, really, I didn't think about anybody. I was just like, I would have maybe thought about Pettis. Had Pettis made it to that pick, I might yeah. have taken oh, it. Oh, if Pettis made it, I would have, uh, that would have been a close call. But I, close call. since you had three running backs, I probably would have gone Pettis. If he was there, right. but obviously he went one pick before you. Right. So I, I think my favorite pick of this draft is my round seven pick. Because OJ Howard goes early, but Hunter Henry was still there at pick 7-11, Ronas. And there's nothing we don't like about him. Oh, for sure. I mean, again, I feel like he has the opportunity to score double-digit touchdowns this year. It's him and Mike Williams pretty much in the red zone. Yes, Keenan Allen gets a ton of receptions, but he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. And especially if Melvin Gordon misses time, I think that helps Henry and Williams. But even if Gordon's back, still, Henry should be fine. We know Rivers looks for the tight ends. Henry's been so talent inefficient on the opportunities he's had. Yeah, that's like a nice sweet spot. You didn't reach on him. And it just kind of fit into well with your team construct too. And I'm so perfect. I'm perfect. a little surprised that he fell that late. Let me look at his ADP. It's I would have 70, taken Ingram. I would have taken Ingram. I would have taken Ingram too. Had he had had somebody taken Henry? Because I thought the team that that took Rashad Penny was going to take Henry. And I'm like, all right, I'll take Ingram. I mean, especially with uh, Shepard out, Tate out, Coleman done. I mean, the Giants, dude. Did they give you a call for a receiver? Not yet, but I'm close to the stadium uh, near the uh, training camp, so I'll go. All right, so round eight comes, and our beloved general manager of full-time fantasy, Scott Atkins, gives me grief about my pick here. He goes, dude, how did you pass on D.D. Westbrook to take Curtis Samuel? Maybe I'm underrating Curtis Samuel. I like Curtis Samuel this year, Adam. Oh, I do too, and he is. you're hearing nothing but rave reviews in training camp. He's getting open. Uh, I like him too. I mean, I know, you know D.J. Moore is getting a lot of the hype, and I like him too, but I think both can be good um yeah. now you gotta i guess you gotta kind of break it down and say okay well we know the panthers are a team that doesn't have a lot of pass attempts so wh how are how is everybody gonna eat how is mccaffrey uh samuel moore and olsen and i think you know we're down on olsen but if he's healthy he's still gonna get some targets but i just think he's dynamic samuel and you know i, I think the goal he's their version of tyreek hill I think the goal for Cam Newton here is just to get the ball in the hands of his playmakers and let Samuel Moore do things after the catch of McCaffrey. So, yeah, I just took Samuel in a draft uh, late seventh round. So I'm with you. I, I like him in this spot. I do like D.D. Westbrook, too, but I do think there's a higher ceiling and a better offense for Samuel. You can make a case, well, D.D. could be their number one. Okay, maybe. 
But yeah, with Nick Foles throwing you the football, I mean, right. I, so I don't know, and again, I do like Didi. I took him in the Scott Fishbowl, so I do like him. But I like Samuel a lot too, and uh, I, I I will I won't fault you at all for taking him over Westbrook there. All right, when we come back, I've got to show you the, the dumbest picks in this draft. One team did it, and you see what it is, right, Adam? Oh, I do. Team two. It's so bad. <laughs> it's, I, just, I never it's understand so this. Can someone explain this to me, please? <laughs> the worst picks ever. Right after this. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. All right, we're back. Hey, if you go to play FFWC, you can join one of our drafts just like you're talking about, whether it's a starter draft or our draft and go, which is our version of best ball or the online championship or the fantasy football world championship, the main event and the Palms Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. So you could do it online. You could do it in person. Play FFWC.com is where you sign up. And it's it's you know, look, I just jumped in a draft on Friday night. I said that. The wife went to bed. I had some time. Boom. And I wanted to, uh, p- to be drafting there, Adam. So I did. All right. Round nine comes. Here's a question for you. Would I have been insane to have taken Vance McDonald if he made it to me? Because he went one pick before. But I was really close to thinking I might take him if he made it to me. Uh, not insane. Since you already had Hunter Henry, I probably wouldn't do it unless... And again, I think McDonald is going to have a, a big year. I like him. I've been looking... To target him if I don't get uh, Henry, O.J. Howard, Ingram. And I have been going into that tier and taking one of those three. Uh, McDonald is definitely a target for me. So, I don't know. I just really don't like flexing two tight ends. Uh, obviously, if it would have worked last year, say you took Kelsey early and Kittle late, yeah, you're flexing them every week. Uh, but I do think McDonald has the ability to you know, put up a big season in that offense. You know, He is the guy now there. They have some questions uh, outside of Juju Smith-Schuster receiver. We're talking James Washington, Moncrief. You know, they're kind of battling. They're kind of going in the same spot. But uh, I do like McDowell. But I just tend not to take a second tight end uh, in the first 10 rounds, especially when I got Henry. I feel fully confident in him. Just plug him in there every week. Yeah, and and I think I was thinking about that too, especially because you know that we like Goddard and we like Isecki and we like Andrews. You know, I didn't need to do that. But my next pick was Michael Gallup. And after that was Dante Moncrief. I'm pretty happy with those guys. So now when I look at it, I'm Hill, Anderson, Samuel, Gallup, Moncrief. Not the greatest receivers, but solid. Well, you're also probably flexing a running back, either one or two per week. I mean, because you got Bell and Jones as your top two. Henry's going to be in there. So there's one of your flex spots. So that's what you have to take into account when you look at the roster, too, is you are going to flex a running back, and possibly two. I mean, you might start Henry and Ingram week one. I think I would, and that was my plan was to do that. And then, so I really only need three receivers. I know Hill's one. I know Anderson's one. So between Samuel Gallup and Moncrief, in my mind, I need one guy to emerge and be a, a weekly starter for me. Exactly, yeah. And 
Uh, I think you'll get it. Uh, I think Samuel's got a really good shot. All right, round 11, I take Ito Smith. Round 12, so Ronas, Kyler Murray went in round 11, but I had to do it in round 12. I had to jump for the quarterback. Famous Jameis was on the board. I know we both like him. I just, I wanted to wait, but I was nervous I wasn't going to get him. Yeah, he probably would not have made it back. It's round 12 at this point, and you're picking at the end. So, yes, people wait on quarterback, but... Uh, by the time you were there, 10 were already gone. So you had to figure at least four or five would go before you come back. So, again, that's the, a fine spot. Round 12 is kind of where you start to think, man, maybe you could start, depending on who's aboard, round 10 or 11. But round 12, for sure, taking Winston there. And, uh, you know, even though it got a little quiet, I mean, you took Winston, and there were three quarterbacks who went by the time you came back, and then it got quiet for a couple of rounds. All right. So let's talk about literally the worst pick in this draft, there was a team two made it and round eight team two with the second to last pick of round eight takes Aaron Rodgers. I have no problem with that pick, Adam. Could we agree? Right. Yeah, no problem with it. If you no think problem. Rodgers is going to bounce back, he had 25 touchdowns last year. He played through a sprained MCL the entire season. He clearly wasn't 100 percent. His touchdown rate was well below average, changing coaches. So, yeah, I mean, there's a chance Aaron Rodgers bounces back to that top tier. No problem with that pick. Next. Now, here's the problem. The very next pick he made, the second pick of the ninth round, Carson Wentz. Why do you need Carson Wentz when you took Aaron Rodgers? You went back-to-back quarterbacks. It may have been the dumbest pick in the history of the online championship. Yeah, I, I don't understand this. I say that we go over this repeatedly, and I feel like it happens in every draft. You know, why are you taking two quarterbacks Back-to-back in rounds eight and nine. You're taking the fifth and sixth quarterback off the board, and I think Wentz could have a big season. We're hearing positive reports on him whenever he has been on the field and healthy. People forget, two years ago before he tore his ACL, he was having a hell of a year. I think he was the second quarterback at the time. And, yes, he had the back injury last year that cut a season Adam, I, I, win, I win the online championship if he doesn't get hurt. You know that, right? He was my quarterback. I was yeah, playing was- Deshaun Kaiser the last two weeks. Yeah, he was tremendous. So it's not anything against Wentz. It's roster construction. And again, you cannot trade in this format. And even if you are in a league and you do this where you can trade, it's still dumb. But at least you could say, well, I could trade a quarterback. But any savvy league, no one's trading for a quarterback. It's a deep position. But in this league, it makes no sense. And we got the extra flex spot. So what is the point? What are you going to do every week? All right, you're going to play probably Aaron Rodgers week one. I don't know the matchup. So I'm assuming you like Rodgers better. You took him. And then what? There's a down game. Wentz is good. You're going to play Wentz the next week. And then the opposite you could happens. Be, like, you could be wrong every point? week. You yeah, could exactly. choose incorrectly every week. But just like you said, we're only playing one guy. Now, I know that people say, well, guys get hurt. I got to cover myself. You can't play like that. I know. If Rodgers gets hurt, you're done. Who cares? It's money you're not, spent. No, 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 no. I don't think you're done. Especially now. Like in years past, people were taking Rodgers rounds four or five. You're taking him eight. You get a backup quarterback leader. You're not done. Look at some of these quarter Round 16, Lamar Jackson, Ben Roethlisberger. Philip Rivers around 18 right so you take one of those guys late if Rodgers gets hurt so don't tell me about the injury thing and if you say well I really love Wentz and his upside so then wait and take Wentz and then take your second quarterback later it just makes no sense and I see this I feel like this happens in almost every draft and I don't understand it if you do this let me know your reasoning why I would like to hear the explanation because I see no positive in this at all unless you can come back to me in middle of the season, week four or five. Well, see, Rodgers is playing poorly. And I can I tell you when I do this, you though? Still, it's a draft capital you waste. Here's when I would do it. Ready? Like round 11 and 12, if you wanted to take Trubisky and Goff together. 
right? See, if I'm not getting one of the top five or six quarterbacks, then I could argue maybe I would want to take two guys like like what Kirk Cukes did. Yeah, right? he I, took Cam Newton and Breeze, Breeze connect. Which, That's which, that makes sense to me. Right, which is fine because Cam, we know always when he's healthy, always is top five, top seven in fantasy. And yes, there's a little risk coming off the shoulder surgery, although su- surgery, although he 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 appears fine. I saw him make some throws in practice, which doesn't mean anything. But the fact that he's out there throwing is fine. And you say, okay, well. If Cam does have some issues, well, now I have a safe option in Drew Brees, who, again, I'm, I don't – but look where he's going, QB 14. In years past, he was top five. Uh, his pass attempts were under 500 last year. He still had over 30 touchdown passes. I just think that the ceiling for him is not what it once was because this is a team that wants to run the football. But you're taking – but he's a safe option that you pair with uh, Cam Newton, who has the top five, top seven upside. So it makes sense. And, again, you're it's round 12 and round 13. This is where you're taking – backups, and bench picks. And a lot of these picks in these rounds are not going to be on your team at the end of the year. As much as we make cases for it, go back and look at your drafts. A lot of these picks are not going to pan out. In round eight, round nine, you could potentially find a breakout player. It just, you know, team one takes one quarterback, Trubisky, in 11. Team uh, three takes Lamar Jackson as his only guy in 16. I probably would have added somebody. Team four takes three quarterbacks, Ryan in 10, Goff in, in 12, and Roethlisberger in 16. But let me ask you a question. Going back to By the way, to be second. clear, this is not best ball. This is the yeah. league we're playing out. Yeah. I almost took Matt Ryan in round 10 instead of Moncrief. Would you have liked if I did that or not? That was something I was going to do. Mm, no, I think better off of Winston. I know Winston's maybe a little bit more volatile because of the turnovers, but... When he played last year and finished and played complete games, his numbers were good. I got to think Bruce Arians will help. This is a big year for Winston as well. He has to prove himself, love the weapons. So, no, I'd rather take the chance on a guy like Moncrief if he does become entrenched as the number two there in Pittsburgh. There's value, whereas if you took Ryan, then you're looking at, you know, what receivers, John Brown, Stills, Crowder, Anunua, they're just, I know, you know. I know. That's why I didn't do it. That's why I didn't do it. I, I just felt like, I felt like I could wait on the quarterback and not do it there. But, you know, so the, one other team takes, see, here's an interesting thing. We talked about this. Team number five waited till round 18 to take a quarterback. He takes Rivers in 18, Brady in 20. I don't think it's the worst thing I've ever seen, Adam. No, it's actually not. I mean, ideally, that's not the pair I want, but Rivers had 30-plus touchdowns last year. He's got great weapons. Now, he doesn't have a high ceiling. He's probably not going to finish as a top-10 quarterback, especially since he doesn't run either. That that limits him. But what it did here for this team is it allowed this team to just load up on receivers and, and running backs. So now it gave itself more opportunity to hit on players and didn't invest in the quarterback position. So they started Hopkins, Antonio Brown, Keenan Allen, Julian Edelman, Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, that's great. And then the running backs, Miller, Howard, McCoy, Freeman, certainly some questions. All he needs two. All he yeah, need, only need need two. two. All he needs two. So if you look at it, that is a strategy that does work for a lot of people. Five receivers. Then, then you know who does this strategy, Adam? Chad Schrader does this strategy all the time. And it's he obviously takes, worked. I, I See, I like it because – See, this is what people sometimes don't look at closely enough. Oh, look at the RB1. It's Lamar Miller. Okay, do you see who his flex guys are? Edelman and Alshon. Like, right. that makes up for it. You don't need as much from your RB1 if – obviously not every one of those receivers is going to pat out, but if, if three to four of them do, 
you don't need as much from your running back. You just need Miller to give you consistency like he's done, even though it's boring. I know we're hearing Jordan Howard running with the ones and everything. I don't think that lasts. They have too many running backs there. Freeman, certainly we've heard some positive things are. So, yeah, you're right. Just You just need two of those guys to just give you consistent points week in, week out, let your receivers do the work. Yeah, I, I, I think that if you, especially if you get a couple of receiving backs, you know, Niam Hines, Austin Eckler, James White, guys like that. And Lamar Miller, even if Lamar Miller loses the job to Dante Foreman, he's still going to be the third down back. So he's still going to have four or five catches a game. I guess all I'm looking for is 10 points. If I could get 10 points for my two running backs each, if my receivers are capable of getting me 20 each, I mean, five receivers or 20 is 100 points. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, that's, uh, but I, I feel like a lot of people are going to look and be like, oh, well, look at their RB1. It's Lamar Miller. You can't win that way. No, I disagree, man, because you got five strong receivers that, all have the potential to be – I mean, all five of these guys could be top 24 by the end of the year, easily. Yeah, I mean, really, they really can be. So uh, I think the only mistake this guy made in round seven, I would have taken Penny over Jordan Howard. Oh, I would too, um, definitely. I would have too because I think there's a, a chance that he could emerge as the main back. or Even if he's not, we've seen the way Seattle plays that they want to run the football ton. Now, it'll be interesting to see if they're able to keep doing that because their defense is taking hits, and they might not be as strong, which obviously people who are invested in Russell Wilson want to see because Wilson, 427 pass attempts last year. Just mind-boggling. I think it was definitely, low, I think, 427. I just wrote about it, but it's definitely low 400s for sure. I think it was 427. Uh, but will their defense be good enough to keep them in games? Because it might force Wilson to throw. So that's the only downside, but yeah, I would take Penny over Howard, I guess. I don't know, because I know we're hearing Howard running with the ones, this and that. but He looked I, terrible at times last year. And, and, really and Doc, it's bad. basically the same offense. He's not a fit for it. It's the I same, know. It's not the same a, he's disciple. not a fit for it. He really is not a fit for that offense. He really isn't. It's a bad, it's a except, for the goal, except by the goal line. He might be. Right, and you kind of don't want to rely on that. He's not going to catch the football a ton. They have, and you know, Miles Sanders coming off a hamstring injury, so they're going to be slow to work him in. You know, it's going to take time. Remember, Sony Michelle didn't he miss all the preseason last year? And he turned out to be fine. So I'm not going to go crazy with the Howard headlines here in training camp. Still a crowded backfield. Kalen Ballage went with the first pick of the ninth round. That's the earliest I've seen him go. That's because it was a big old report. Oh, Ballage looked good. He's been running with the ones. Boom, he went in the ninth round. Yeah, I'm in a draft, Doc, a best ball. He went in the seventh round, man. Really? <laughs> so people, yeah, people are excited about him because of these reports. I mean, just look at our last few drafts, 121 on 197. He's 131. Line up. Training All camp right. news. That's why. Exactly. All right, we'll break it down more right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, we're back. MockDraftNow.com. You want to bone up? You want to get ready to go into the Fantasy Football World Championships? MockDraftNow.com. That's how you practice, right, Adam? That's what I do. 
Definitely, man. A lot of fun. You can do it in five minutes, and it's free, and you can win some nice prizes. So anytime it's free, you can just do it on your phone while you're taking a dump in the bathroom. There you go. There you go. Things to do when you're taking a dump in the bathroom. All right. <laughs> well, you can do it anywhere. You can do it on a walk. You can take a walk and do it. Just be careful. Depending when your on dog your takes a dump, you can do it. Yeah, you go. go take your dog out, whatever. Boom. Go to the pool. Sit on side for a few minutes. Do it and dip in the pool. Drop the kids off the pool. Exactly. All right, I'm going to get off this, this topic here. Ezekiel Elliott is hanging out in Mexico, Coronas, doing bad things. I can't imagine he's doing anything good there. Uh, he's probably chilling with a, with a chick or a few chicks. So, uh, look, just stay in shape, be ready to go. Hopefully the contract gets done. A lot of the reports are that both sides want this to work, and uh, there haven't been any major updates, but it does sound like uh, both sides want this to, to get done. And Let me ask you this question, though. You're Zeke. You don't want to be there for the entire preseason. Maybe you want to sign in two weeks. You're hanging out in Tijuana with a couple of nice uh, girls. You're drinking some, you know, drink, tequila. Maybe you want to sign like August 18th. Well, there's something about August 6th where he kind of has to be there. So okay. maybe that's uh, what he So August 5th he signs. And Jerry sends a plane. Could be. Look, I mean... Jerry's been through this before with Emmett Smith, and he held out two games and then paid him. So uh, I don't think they want this to linger too long. Again, this is a team that has high aspirations this year. It's a big year. I think my problem with Zeke this year is he wants to get paid, and Dak and Cooper have to get paid first. Uh, probably, yeah. I mean, Zeke's further away, but you got to understand from Zeke's perspective, he's a running back, and he knows that it's only going to see the price go down for him as he gets more wear and tear. Yeah. All right. You mentioned Jamison Crowder at least practice with a foot injury. Man, I really wanted to see him out there. Sam Darnold needed him. For sure. And look, you know, people could say, oh, I, well, I don't want Crowder now. His ADP is cheap. He's 132. You weren't paying for him anyway. That's true. All right. Who's coming up in hour number two, Adam? Sean Childs will join me from fulltimefantasy.com at 3.40 p.m. Eastern. All right. Remember, check out our preseason pro predictions for myself and Sean Childs out today at fulltimefantasy.com. Be well. Take care. Keep it right here right after this. Join the experts live on the air every day by calling in at 844-843-6879 to join the Fantasy Sports Network.